Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. The Bible reveals that all believers have been called by God. Were it not for this calling, we'd never be saved. Salvation is not something we could stumble into on our own. But what have we been called into? 1 Corinthians chapter 1 tells us, God is faithful through whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ. Our calling is into the fellowship of his Son. But 1 Corinthians also tells us that the greatest frustration to that fellowship is division. Division became a problem in the first century church. And look today how great this problem is to the fellowship that should be our day-by-day enjoyment and experience, a fellowship that is in Christ and that should be universal among all the members of his one body. The fellowship of his son is our topic today. Dick Taylor has joined us for fellowship and Dick, you join me in praying to the Lord that our fellowship would be in the sun today as we bring this program to our listeners. That's right. What a joy just to touch this matter of the fellowship of his son. And isn't it true, Chris, that the church in Corinth was riddled with problems? Yeah. But Paul did not become problem-centered, dealing with problems, but rather he threw in the real solution, and that is the wonderful, wonderful, all-inclusive Christ. So that's why we've got to pay attention to this phrase, the fellowship, the enjoyment of his son. Uh, You and I were talking before we went on the air to record this program, Dick, that it seems like Paul had the same solution regardless of what their problems were. Of course, we've seen already, and we will see further as we get farther into this life study, some scholars say 10 problems, some say 11 problems identified, depending on how they're breaking them up. The point is, as you said, the church in Corinth is probably just about like our church, wherever we are, mm-hmm. full of problems. Mm-hmm. But Paul only had one answer, one solution, didn't he? He surely did. That was the all-inclusive Christ. What a solution to all the problems. This uh, fellowship that we've been called into, we touched it in yesterday's program a bit when Ron Kingus was with us. Ron was quite taken with this phrase and this matter of fellowship and all that it implies. Uh, we saw something deep, something profound And it really implies this uh, complete mutuality between God and the believers and between the believers and the other believers all in God in this kind of circle uh, that you almost picture when it's described in 1 John as well. Mm -hmm. We want to be absorbed in this fellowship because it is a solution to the problem. Amen. And the first big problem that, as we pointed out now, that Paul comes to in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is this matter of division. After he says, God is faithful through whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, then he goes on, now I beseech you brothers through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, Amen. but that you be attuned in the same mind and in the same opinion. For it has been made clear to me concerning you, my brothers, by those of the household of Chloe, that there are strifes, That means divisions among you. Now, I mean this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? 
Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized into the name of Paul? He really puts his finger on this serious, serious problem that is a real problem to the fellowship, isn't it, Dick? Really true. And he's making it very clear that nothing and no one should be a substitute for this precious Christ. Let's join Witness Lee. The fellowship of the Son of God is a wonderful word. It implies not only the oneness between us and the triune God. It implies also the oneness between all the believers, one with another. Not only so, it implies enjoyment. And the enjoyment is not just enjoyment that we have of the triune God, nor just the enjoyment the triune God has with us, but also the enjoyment that all the believers have one with another. In this fellowship, you enjoy the triune God, and the triune God enjoys you. Not only so, and you enjoy all the believers, and all the believers enjoy you. This fellowship is universal. This fellowship is mutual. So, as you have been called into such a fellowship, you shouldn't say that you are of Paul. No, you are of Cephas. No, you are of Apollos. No, you are of certain kind of doctrine, certain kind of practice. No, you are none of that. You have never been called into that. You have never been called into Paul. You have never been called into a fellowship of certain doctrine, certain practice. You have been called into the fellowship of his son. You have been called into the reality, the embodiment of the triune God. And in this fellowship, you enjoy the triune God. You enjoy the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And in this fellowship, you enjoy all the other believers. And all the other believers enjoy you. Not only the triune God, the Father and the Spirit enjoy you, but all the believers in every place. You just consider, suppose, all the Christians would be like this. Right away, the entire world will become a Garden of Eden. But look at today's situation among the Christians. Lots of replacements have been brought in. So many things. But in God's economy, there shouldn't be anything but one person. One person to be everything. Dick, it's hard to miss. Paul was really exclusive here. Mm-hmm. in this passage, wasn't he? He was. He was restricting the believers to just one thing. Not very open-minded or broad-minded, was he? That's right. And that one thing was one wonderful person. Don't you love this first, Chris? God is faithful through whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son. Mm. Uh, we weren't called into this. We weren't called into that. And what amazes me, Chris, is how God in his wisdom comes to a church that's full of problems and unveils his heart's desire. That is that we would have no substitutes, no replacements for his son. Christ is the all-inclusive portion given to us for our enjoyment. And I love this word enjoyment. Don't you, Chris? I did too. 
It's that, connected to fellowship, isn't it? Yeah, because the real meaning of fellowship is you're enjoying this person. Fellowship is not just some kind of thing connected to playing ping pong in Fellowship Hall. (laughs) But fellowship is enjoying Christ. (laughs) You may be doing anything, driving on the freeway or talking to your wife or interacting with your coworkers. Fellowship means we are enjoying this wonderful person. And when we're enjoying him, then all the problems are solved. Otherwise, we are of this and we are of that, and the result is division. So I just appreciate that Paul was helping us to get clear, come back to the unique center of God's economy, that is the all-inclusive Christ, enjoy him, and spontaneously all the problems will be solved. We all would have only one wonderful person, and that is the all-inclusive Christ. We enjoy him, and you know what else? We enjoy one another. We're in the oneness, not only with him, but the oneness with all the believers in the one body of Christ by taking this Christ as our unique center. Dick, in this book, Paul is presenting this fellowship of Christ as the positive side of the solution to the problems of self, which is where the division all comes from. Mm -hmm. In another book of Paul's, in Romans, uh, talking about the negative things, the problems, the solution there is presented as the cross of Christ. These are really two sides of the same thing, the cross of Christ dealing negatively with all of the things in us, but positively, when the cross has taken us out of the way, there's really only room left for this one wonderful, unique person that we've been talking about, Christ. And that's the focus of this uh, coming portion. As he talks about the cross, he's going to give us what he calls the top most prevailing verse in the Bible on the cross of Christ. Amen. Colossians 3.11. Why don't you read it with me? Okay, let's do that. Where Where there there cannot be Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free man, but Christ is all and in all. Christ and the cross. This Christ is the center of God's economy. In all the 66 books in the Bible, Only one verse is so prevailing in this point. That is Colossians 3.11. In the new man, there's no Greek. There's no Jew. The Jews are the top religious people. And they are religious genuinely. And the Greeks are the top of the philosophical people. And their philosophy was really high. They're the top races. But Paul says, in the new man, there are no Jews, no Greeks. Not only so, even no culture, no religion. Why? Because it says, no circumcision, no uncircumcision. This religion. Uh, no barbarian, no Scythian. And this is culture, you see. No persons, no religion, no culture, no nothing. But... Christ is all and in all. In God's economy, Christ is everything. Christ is all religion. And Christ is all culture. You see the point? And Christ is all race. What race do you belong to? You have to say, I belong to the grace of Christ. I am not a Chinese. I am a Christian. Are you a British? No. Are you an Australian? No. If all the Christians would have seen this, there would be no problem. 
inhuman who is there. Try. Right. Try. race? That's right. This is the Christ that Paul testified. I testified to you. I dropped my religion. I uplifted Christ. That was my testimony. Don't think I was not religious. I was more than religious. I was a top dog in Judaism. And I dropped that. God doesn't care for the Jewish religion. God doesn't care for philosophy. God doesn't care. I made the decision not to know anything but Christ and Christ crucified. Christ is the center in God's economy. Dick, throughout history, if any man had something to boast of in his religious accomplishment, attainment, status, it would be the Apostle Paul. Yet he was absolutely clear, wasn't he? He was not here advocating religion, whether Jewish or Christian. He was advocating a person that was to be, as he says, all and in all. That's true, Chris, and that's why we treasure this ministry, because it brings us to the real revelation here in Paul's writings, that in God's economy, God's plan to gain an expression of himself, Christ is the center, the reality, and everything. There's no religion. There's no culture. There's no race. There's nothing. Christ is everything. And uh, I was just reminded again of the definition of religion that our brother Lee has given us, and that is the worshiping of God without the enjoyment of Christ. That means if you don't enjoy Christ and take him as your unique center, you will have something that divides. And yet, on the other hand, the solution to all the problems, the root problem being division, is to take this all-inclusive Christ as everything. So what a precious verse there in Colossians. Yeah, isn't it? that there's no Greek, no Jew, no barbarian, Scythian, no circumcision, uncircumcision, but Christ is all and in all. I've had the privilege this year of traveling quite a bit and seeing uh, brothers and sisters in Australia, Indonesia, different parts of Africa, and I just appreciate so much that being with them, uh, we were not focused on culture, we were not focused on religion, but we were focused on this wonderful all-inclusive Christ, so we could all say together, there's no more Australian, no more African, no more Indonesian, no more white, no more black, no more American, but Christ is all and in all. And I like how our brother referred to, uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians 2, 2, Chris, where Paul made a strong decision not to know anything except Christ and his cross. So everything else is crossed out when we take Christ as our unique center. He is the real solution to all the problems. If we take any other center, we have nothing but problems. So may the Lord uh, be merciful to us to pick up this main point, and may we be so thankful to him, saying, Oh, Lord, you are a precious Hmm. center and the solution to all the problems. May we never leave you as our unique center. Amen. You know, Dick, when you look around at the uh, situation in the world, probably, I guess we would have to honestly say there has been nothing that has more divided men, people, than religion. Mm. But uniquely, can anything unite 
and solve these problems of division besides Christ? Nothing. Nothing else. Nothing else. And like our brother mentioned, when we all take Christ as our unique center and enjoy him, you know what happens, Chris? We have only one race on this earth. That's right. The race race of of Christ. Christ. (laughs) Yeah, can you be divided from your brother uh, when you're enjoying the fellowship of grace and of his dear son? No. May the whole earth be filled with the race of Christ. (laughs) Amen. Dick, our final section today brings us to one of the verses that I treasure among the top in the whole of the Bible, and that is in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. Uh, That brings us back to this matter of fellowship. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. 1 Corinthians, it's the fellowship of his Son that we're called into And now, in 2 Corinthians, it becomes the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll see a marvelous connection between these two verses in this final portion. Let's go back to Witness Lee. In this book, it does not give us an impression that's all-inclusive concerning Christ. It itemizes with 19 items. Eventually... The Bible says the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Hallelujah. If he is not the life-giving spirit, he cannot be the power. And he cannot be the wisdom. If he is not the life-giving spirit, he can never be your righteousness and your sanctification and your redemption. If he's not the life-giving spirit, how could he be the head? And how could he be the body? And how could he be our food? And how could he be our drink? And how could he be the first world, the second man, and the last item? I must stress one thing in chapter 1 concerning the fellowship. That is 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Spirit. This means if you don't have the Spirit, you don't have the fellowship. It is called not only the fellowship of the Son, but also the fellowship of the Spirit. Why? Because even to the Son, after all the process, right, became this life-giving Spirit. So, you must be one spirit. With this spirit, then you have the enjoyment of this fellowship. Christ is such. Altogether, 19 items. And in these 19 items, you have 18 items of riches. And all these 18 items of riches are embodied in the life-giving spirit. Hallelujah. Dear saints, this is the way to study this book. Study items concerning Christ. Fellowship about this. Pray for this. My Christ is the unique center of God's economy and he is the unique portion of all the saints and he's all inclusive. When we touch him at the Spirit, when we are one Spirit with him, we are applying all the items of his riches. 
Dickie was giving a quick overview there. Actually, as we go through this whole book in this life study, we will get into all of these 19 items for the sake of time. We didn't uh, have them enumerated there in that portion. But the book of 1 Corinthians shows us Christ in so many aspects. He's our righteousness, our sanctification, our redemption, our glory, the foundation of the building. He's the Passover, the unleavened bread, and our spiritual food and drink. So many things. But the last one, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45, the last Adam, Christ, became a life-giving spirit. Why are all of the other items incorporated into this one? Because this wonderful life-giving spirit is the one who causes us to realize and to apply all that Christ is. I love these two words, Chris, that uh, God is embodied in Christ and Christ is realized and applied to us as the life-giving spirit. Now, Christ, after passing through death and resurrection, has become the life-giving spirit. Within the spirit is everything he is, everything he's accomplished, everything he's attained to, everything he's obtained. So when you touch the spirit, you get everything. (laughs) So the last item is the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. If we are people who would just love him and even tell him many times a day, Lord Jesus, I love you, exercising our spirit of love, according to 2 Timothy 1.7. You know what happens? You enjoy all the items that are included in this spirit. For example, he becomes your power. Yeah. What kind of power? Is it the power to jump over the Empire State Building? No. It's the power to love people that others can't love. It's the power to suffer things that others can't suffer. It's the power that allows Christ to be expressed in humanity. Mm. You enjoy him as your righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And if you get into the depths of that, even looking at the footnotes in the recovery version, you see righteousness is related to our spirit, sanctification related to our soul, Soul. and redemption related to our body. And uh, something was accomplished in the past, something's being accomplished right now, and something in the future. isn't that wonderful? And it's this wonderful Christ who is doing everything. He's taking care of my spirit, my soul, my body, to make me the same as he is, taking care of my past, my present, my future. (laughs) He's the all-inclusive Christ. All we need to do is open our heart, exercise our spirit, and call on his name and love him. Oh, Lord Jesus, I love you. In 1 Corinthians 1-2, it makes it clear that Christ is our portion, and we enjoy this portion by calling on his name, even calling with all those who uh, call on his name in every place. Then we appropriate all the items of Christ that are now included in this wonderful, all-inclusive spirit. So may we be those who exercise our spirit of love, calling on his name many times a day, that we could enjoy him with all of his unsearchable riches as the all-inclusive Christ. And Dick, our prayer is that every believer would enjoy him in this fellowship this the fellowship of his son, this the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And as John says in his first epistle, and surely our fellowship is with the Father. This is the fellowship of the triune God in his body, the portion of all the believers, isn't it? Really true. It's like we mentioned earlier, the first verse in chapter one is the fellowship of his son. Now the verse in this portion is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love love of of God, God, and the the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This shows us that the triune God is not merely for doctrinal understanding, 
but he is for our experience and our enjoyment. Wow. Dick, I've been energized by our fellowship today. This has been the fellowship of the Son and the fellowship of the Spirit. Amen. Uh, I know you're traveling again soon. It's uh, always nice to get you in here when you uh, have a little layover in the Los Angeles area. So the doors open whenever you're available. Please come by. We have a lot of programs left in 1 Corinthians. I hope you can be part of many of them. Thank you, brother. I hope so, too. And our time is up. We will leave you quickly with our toll-free number to invite you to contact us about getting the printed material, this uh, printed volume of the Life Study of 1 Corinthians. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Join us again tomorrow. We'll finish this first week in our Life Study in 1 Corinthians for Dick Taylor and Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening. Dear Lord, we give ourselves to In both the first and last book of the Bible, God presents himself to man as the tree of life. Throughout the Bible, God is portrayed as food for man to eat and life for man to enjoy. In the tree of life, Witness Lee presents a view of God's heart that is little understood and seldom experienced by Christians today, revealing that it is God's desire that we receive Christ experience Christ, and enjoy Christ as our moment-by-moment supply. The Tree of Life from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere.